That was so odd. Uh, welcome to the Monday Night Men's Forum. Uh, I'm Matt of Farm Hop Life. This is episode number 53, The State of Food. Uh, let's go. Let, let's see. I forgot what I was doing. Um, we have Christopher of SecureCoop.com and Grant, Homestead of Pain. I think others are going to jump in later, but not sure. For now, it's just uh, just three of us. So, Christopher, yeah. personal event, please. All right. So my stepdad came to visit. There's John. Hey guys. Yes. Hey John. Hey John. Don't get situated. And and this is fine. <laughs> All right. Your stepdad came to visit. And yeah, this yeah. Is fine? Stepdad came came to visit. Um, and uh, he was sitting there in in uh, I'm in the little RV. You can't see. There's like a fire around me. Uh, but um. <laughs> We were, we were about to set him up to sleep in this little RV, and the AC conks out. It's like, no, no way. Uh, he grew up in Florida, so he, even though he's been living in Illinois for 20 years, he, he, he just kind of put up with it. And uh, it was, it was he didn't like hang out in the middle of the day. He was out at night, you know, where it got cooler, more tolerable, and they got the fans and stuff. But that was so frustrating. Cause like you know, I actually had just replaced the motor in it, and then the the motor's doing fine. And now it's the compressor that died. So I was like, "Oh, are you kidding me?" Um. So it's just an old uh, old um, air conditioner. Then uh, we went um, we went shooting, and we went to uh, the, a local lake, and he uh, set up my bow and arrow. He gave me a bow and arrow a while ago, but we had, I just wanted. To work it out and make sure things like where it's supposed to be uh he uh and then we smoked a brisket i had never done that before so it turned nice. out really good yeah we did it real redneck i have this old smoker i found beside the side of the road and he's looking at it and he's like uh there's too many rust holes in this thing it's not gonna hold the smoke I'm like well crap i got this brisket that's just thawed look what are we gonna do he, we put a uh we put a bunch of aluminum foil in the holes <laughs> and just blocked up the holes and uh, put a, a hot plate, you know, like an electrical hot plate, jam that in there, put some wood on top of the hot plate, and it burned the wood, smoked the wood, did the meat just perfect. Like, hmm. so good. So it worked nice. out real good. It's That's a nice method. hack. Yeah. Sweet. Yep. That's cool. Grant. Um, not a whole lot. Just kind of got been working on my future business plan and it's been going swimmingly can can get numbers down it. and quantities down i don't growing, know growing moms growing moms moms poinsettias pansies um kind of all the above um and that's just first year stuff that's about half of everything not even it's way too much stuff that's awesome and you have your your bedding plants your house plants your vegetable plants it's a mess. Well, congrats on the business plan. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big deal, dude. It is. Uh, I, I I don't remember. We'll we'll just keep going this way. Jeremy. Uh, personal event is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of them. Uh, got my watering system for the chickens fixed because you know when it got like seven degrees here. Over Christmas, um, PVC doesn't handle cold very well. 
And so since December, I've been giving the chickens water about every two days in one of those five-gallon watering, which it, it, it's doable, but we're sure. headed out of town for vacation and can't really do that. So got that fixed finally. Uh, and second is oh, – I checked my shirt out. Hey, look at that. <laughs> at least somebody um, represents here. Right. Somebody's got to. Uh, and my company just went through an acquisition. That's been finalized, so that's interesting. Like good interesting, or like that. everything's annoying? Uh, it'll be good in the end. Uh, it's okay. just busy right now. Sure. Just busy. But yeah, that's kind of a – it should work out all right for me. Good. Thank you. Here. Thanks for wearing a Farm Hop Life shirt. Hey, thanks for sending me one. Well, I wouldn't have sent you one if it wasn't a misprint. So, I mean, nobody can tell though. Like, I mean, it's only a little. I mean, it looks good from back here. That's right. Yeah, can't see it, so can't notice. I'll represent. Thank you, uh, John. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, just got back uh, from uh, two weeks of having been gone. So, went to visit my family in in Pennsylvania. Uh, and then drove down to Missouri, where my son is at right now at Fort Leonard Wood. Spent a week there with him and my grandkids. Uh, that was great. And then finally made it home uh, yesterday. So catching up on all my chores. Uh, fortunately, all my systems and you know were still uh, functioning. And uh, my my father-in-law and uh, neighborhood kid took care of things while I was gone, and and everything turned out well. So that's that's good. First time. But I've really left the ranch uh, unattended, uh, gosh, probably since we owned it. So my first vacation in six years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, a a couple of little like over, you know, um, I I guess weekend things. But two weeks is a long time to be gone. So especially when you've got farm animals and. Yeah, yeah. Livestock, and I, I would be interested at some point, not, maybe not now, but at some point to learn more about your systems and what you've got set up. Yeah, well, a lot of it too is just timing. Um, and so we, I, I scheduled in a point where I didn't have uh, susceptible livestock like young ones, um, it's particularly right. chicks, uh, broiler chick chickens. So it's so hot here in the summertime, I don't run broiler chickens in the summer, and so there's a short window of time where. I don't have any chickens on on property, so that makes it a lot better. But, but yeah, are you in Texas? Yeah, yeah. It's like a hundred and it's been over a hundred probably for the last. Ouch! I don't know, six eight weeks. So wow, gross. Must be, must be South Texas. Uh, no, actually Central Texas, but it's incredibly really? here, uh, outside wow. of Austin. Yeah, just uh, just outside. Wow. Of Austin. <laughs> it's it's been a hot uh, hot summer so far. And dry too. We haven't had any rain in about uh, uh, probably 10, mo- 10 weeks. Well, we had pretty ours. much rain every single week. Yeah, I could use some. There was a video that I posted um, about a month ago, and it, it had not rained in probably you know, 10 days to two weeks. And so I was out there, you know, watering the garden. My, and my son, <clears throat> he's standing in the sprinkler out in the garden. And just because he's like, hey, can I go stand in the sprinkler? I'm like, I don't care. Go for it. So I'm like, but I'm going to record it and you're going to go on TikTok. And uh, it's like within days, like it just start, started raining and it wouldn't stop. Mm. Like it's just, it's, and it's been about every couple of days, it's been raining here like crazy. So we will happily send you some. Yeah, please. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. it's only that easy. I know, right? If only. Uh, I'm sure the see. government can give you some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. The cloud seeding. Uh, I went to Zion for the first time yesterday. That was cool. Oh. Very sore. And I sold a couple of, a couple of shirts. So suck it, Jeremy. <laughs> so when you say not... Zion, Zion National Park or what? Yeah, Zion National yeah. Park. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Why are you sore? Because you climbed a bunch or? Uh, we did Angel's Landing and we're like, that was actually not that hard. And so we just like went the other side and ended up doing like seven miles round trip. So, yeah, that's a big, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. The shirts that I, vertical. somebody like tagged me on Twitter about like this shirt. It was like grow gardens, not government. And so like make some. And so I like threw together like a design and I don't know, had like a couple of sales. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, awesome. Hmm. And then I and I turned it into like I'm starting like a series. So then the next one I made was grow community, not communism, and then uh, grow skills, not servitude. Hmm. So how does one purchase one shirt? You can go to farmhoplife.com/slash/shop. Excellent. Maybe I'll pull it up at the end of the show. Uh, been, we, didn't, uh, we didn't coordinate that yeah. beforehand, so nah, that's all right. I, I could have tried harder. Uh, okay, so the state of food. Uh, I got a lot of interest in this one, obviously. We have almost like a full house. So, And a lot of people are like, oh, I want to make it. Maybe I can jump in at the last minute. We'll see. We'll see if they show up. Anyways, so Grant picked this one, wherever yep. he is. He's over there. Uh, Grant, why, what, what made you – so I gave you a few options. Why did you like this one? I mean, that's kind of got me what started in – Kind of everything I'm doing right now is this was and is the state of our food is I picked up a bag of something as like I started paying attention to the ingredients and it kind of spiraled into the mess I am in right now. <laughs> the mess of growing things for yourself, You're growing things for myself, and it's it's just spiraled into awesome stuff. Like I'm constantly busy. I potted up, we potted up, I think. 12 gallon pots of coleus cuttings it's getting into nursery production greenhouse production not just vegetable production and meat production and all the stuff it's it's going full-scale self-sufficiency which is awesome hmm. i love it what are you doing to make your potting mix oh, um, i don't like derail i'm sorry i mean i make it from scratch i'll do yeah perlite pine bark compost and uh peat moss and I'll right. just mix them together. It costs about $85 to make 12 yards. And it's good quality stuff. Oh, nice. Hmm. Have you guys seen the videos where like the guy goes down the, uh, the, down the food aisle? aisle? Yeah. And he's like, love his videos. Let's, let's see <laughs> who, who owns this aisle. All, yeah. yeah. And it's Black like Rock. Vanguard and Blackrock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Vanguard and Blackrock. Wow. But that's only What's like funny. a part of it right is i like started who following owns it so i started following that guy when he had like thirty thousand followers and i'm like this dude's gonna go places and i and love he's his now at like content something ridiculous yeah, yeah it's um but it's engaging content it shows you like who really owns our food system yeah the stuff that we i remember we were uh my son and i were talking um 
I mean, this has this has been within the last month. And and we were talking about stuff that's in the our food and all this stuff and all these ingredients and and I don't remember if it was him or I that said this, but I was like I was talking about lab grown food, like like stuff that's made in labs. He goes, So it's like a science experiment. I said, Yeah. Our food that we it's buy at the grocery store experiment. is nothing more than a science experiment. Like like the new cloned meat made from cancer cells. Yeah, made from that. cancer cells. Cancer I cells. haven't heard. I haven't heard that one yet. I mean, that's that's what if you read into the stuff like that's been FDA approved, it was made. It's made from cancer cells. So cancer is going to start feeding people. I mean, yeah, like meat. I guess that's how they clone hmm. it so fast is somehow using cancer cells, which is lovely, ain't it? Sounds pretty wow. bad. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, that's how do they get that one through? Now I read, um, and I can't remember the details about it, but I read something not too long ago talking about the fact that that it actually costs not costs more. It does. It's less harmful to animals to actually eat animals than it is to make these yeah. lab-grown meats. And I can't remember the statistics and how they back that up. I mean, I don't know about lab-grown meats, but like if you if you're plowing acreage and acreage and acreage for you know vegetarians and vegans to just eat, you know, their... you're killing you're killing all of the uh, all the squirrels and the mice and the snakes and everything squirrels, else. Squirrels, bugs, mice, snakes, deer, rabbit, birds, anything that wants a part of your crop is going to get completely slaughtered for the yeah, bottom dollar. That's what it was. I actually yeah, really hate that uh, that argument against. And me too. Because it's such like low it it's like why are we stooping to their level of like hey what about the mice what about well, that, not, sounds not like, that. that sounds like but crap when, you, but when, you're con- when you're converting like four times more unnecessary unnecessary land just to conventionally row crop farm i mean it's a point that needs to be pointed out sadly it, okay but to... let's not like dwell on it like we let's take it a step higher instead of a step lower that just seems like i don't know it just seems like a weak argument against it i mean other than being stupid for not eating meat what else do you what else is there to say? It, it, it's a good argument if you're coming at it from a, a vegan perspective that is um you know how can, how dare you kill animals that's what i was gonna say it, it's right. a good argument from that perspective but as yeah. far as a land utilization perspective i mean let, let's face it most of the animals that we consume uh do have a grain input and the cost of production of that grain is considerably cheaper because of factory farming and could it be better absolutely you know and are we willing to tolerate let's say a 25 to 35 percent increase in our inputs uh cost wise you know for for the meat that we get at the grocery store uh some people would argue no um so i don't know i don't you know as far as um as far as poo-pooing on grain farmers uh, I, I think we're disingenuous if we do that without taking into consideration th- what that impact would be on meat production. If we no, I get, I get what you're saying, but when you look at it specifically, if you're talking about calories for calories, if you want to match calories from doing you know meat versus growing enough calories in, in vegetables, it's significantly different. Yeah, I it wouldn't is, even no. argue calorie for calorie. I would argue nutrient for nutrient, But but yeah, I'm with you. On you. on a land use basis, the mm-hmm. comparison that everybody likes to make is the is vegetable proteins to 
uh, to animal proteins, uh, calories and proteins, uh, as far as land use and it uh, goes, uh, ruminants and all, and etc. Chickens use more land uh, because they need to grow the crops that they consume, and then they uh, then you, you get the meat out of that. However, I don't think it's a fair comparison because I think what I want to look at is um, is grass fed. Where is that at? How does that usage? And what does the land look like when a properly managed, like a Joel Salatin kind of a of a pasture, what does it look like when, when they're done with it? And I think it just it increases and it improves. It improves the, the land, yeah, the land yeah. quality. So it's just no the, the comparisons are not fair. When you when you begin with um, feedlot beef with, with all grain it, compared to a vegan diet, the feedlot beef looks worse, and that's where everybody just sort of hang, hangs out. They're not going on the, the level of the grass fit. So yeah, even if you look at uh, Jeff Lawton or, or the permaculture folks, uh, Jeff's a vegetarian, and he still argues that you need animals in your production you system do. to raise vegetables. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think we're uh, focusing on the abomination that is meat uh, in the twenty second century here. Yeah. Um, and, and what we're what we're what we're, what they are are being served up, right? The the pablum solvent green solution. it sounds like for christopher's point of like the you know they take like chickens take up more land because they they like need to like the need the food grown to feed them plus like the stuff that they're already like sitting on it kind of sounds like we need to start eating people because (laughs) we take up tons of land and we don't i don't know i think we should just start eating people well, I think that's part of the argument for some, right? There's too many people on this earth. <laughs> yeah, that's the argument. Yeah. Soiling green. That's the Malthusian position from, I don't know when that came about, in the 30s, probably. Just get in the pod. Yeah. Right. Get in the pod and eat your neighbor. But, but I've had. Well, I, I mean, you I've can argue some. that they're trying to, you know, trying to depopulate. A, a, yeah. a, a real world uh, perspective, right? I, I, I'd say I've had a probably 20% of my customers asking me, you know, do you vaccinate? Are you using, um, you know, uh, uh, MRNA te- uh, vaccines, um, you know, or, or commenting on, you know, fake meat, Franken meat, that type of stuff. So yeah. it is making it out to the general population. And then and on top of that, of you got, you, you got your stuff like cloned beef and all that stuff that, yeah. Or even just, you know, it starts it starts with, you know, imported um, when you look at, you know, people post on social media, whatever they'll see, you know, pork raised in China and and, and so oh, yeah. U.S. product of the USA um, in, our, in their grocery stores. It started there. Right. Maybe two years ago. And now, it, you know, they're all concerned about is it really meat? Right. Or is it something else? Yeah. And that's that's why we buy. Hogs and cows from local farmers. Yeah, you you almost have, and and the labeling is so misleading. I was just talking to a girl. She came and picked up here at the ranch a moment ago, and we were discussing um, organic, right? And and so to be labeled organic here in the U.S., if it comes from a foreign country, we don't really have the the personnel, uh, the manpower to go verify another country's organic labeling or whether it meets our standards, right? right? Yeah, organic and so, labeling so their country is... can basically say, yes, it's it's certified organic in 
Uruguay, right? And in our country, the U.S. will accept that as organic. And so it makes it to all your grocery stores is labeled organic lettuce or, or what have you. Um, and I just don't think that that's right. I don't think people are aware of that. Yeah, organic food is a complete, total money grab. And the same John, thing now, too, with, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished. Uh, what's the latest one that's been, um, oh, regenerative, right? So uh, your, your, your big, you know, major food packers are, have latched on to the regenerative title, which is really ambiguous, granted, but they're John, um all this stuff showing up in the news, like, uh, you know, like, like uh, the topics you mentioned, you know, pork from China, mRNA crap, fat, like in cattle, whatever. Has this been like, have you noticed any like boost in sales or new yeah. customers from all this? That's interesting. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Um, you know, it really started with COVID. Um, our, our sales in probably doubled at least. Uh, during COVID, and there was a couple of factors, right? Number one, there wasn't a lot in the grocery stores. Sure. Right? So, so the supply chain had broken down. Also, people didn't really want to stand in line at the grocery store. But I think the bigger part is the great awakening that people have had about two years into COVID, that maybe the things that were being told aren't necessarily true. Our government's one hundred percent trustworthy. And, and right? yeah, absolutely. People started day. to look into that a little bit closer. Uh, and then, you know, of course, social media kind of. Uh, uh, I was going to say TikTok has is, is yeah. probably. It's been a breeding ground a for that and Facebook. And yeah. it's been a, a huge breeding ground for people waking up. So, yeah, mm. I've had a, a large number of my customers either thanking me for not doing that. And they were previous customers and, and already awake um, or new customers introducing themselves with that 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 in the, the, the front of the conversation right do you do these things or you know i just learned this and i have customers sending me articles that you know they're, they're norm in years past you would have been afraid to send that type of stuff before by lab, being labeled a conspiracy sure. theory, right and now it's you know people are just sending these things uh of course we, we referenced it on our newsletter a couple of times so maybe that gives them freedom uh, to share things that, you know, maybe you open the door. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, to yep. answer the question. Yes, absolutely. John, do you uh, kind of off topic here, but do you ship, you said you, uh, you, you mentioned baby chicks. So, yeah. so what do you do on your farm? Uh, we raise, uh, broilers, uh, sheep, pigs, uh, beef, of course, and turkeys seasonally. Uh, and then we have eggs, uh, laying hens. You so, ship? No, I, I don't. I don't ship. Mm. Okay. It's um, it's a whole other enterprise. I would like to start shipping, um, but I just can't keep up with the production uh, locally. And, and yeah, that's a, a great a problem lot, to have. There's a whole lot of risk associated with it, and sure. you know you have. There's a whole lot of costs associated with it. I, I would rather somebody who's interested in me shipping it find somebody local, and and give their business there. Sure. That's a valid point. Yeah. But if you do want to order stuff from John, you could use discount code MRNA, right? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of MRNA, uh, oh, what is the uh, what do you guys know about the transfer from the animal to the person? Like, does the stomach acid destroy and break down those proteins, or 
I don't want to even take a chance with that. Yeah, I don't want to. I just know that it's possibly could happen. But how? All right, so so let's let's take a step back from that though. Yeah. Is there labeling to say that this product includes mRNA? So how do you know? Who says they're going to put labeling on anything like that? So so I read an article and it seemed it it was well cited that it's actually been in pork uh, in the pork industry since 2018. Oh, that's good. Make it right, they've though. been using uh, mRNA vaccines in yeah. pork. Now, I I, I, I didn't do the double digging to find out like <clears throat> what is the sources of all of this information, <clears throat> but it was pretty well referenced. Um, so, so I <clears throat> I don't think it's untrue. I wouldn't put it past them. So you know they they were easily they they were able to mainstream the vaccine the COVID vaccine very rapidly. And and how <clears throat> did they have that technology so quickly? If they hadn't already been using it, it's already there, for, right? Right, and so I think it's 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 not a far leap to say that yeah, it's likely that they were using it in animals back, you know, whenever uh, twenty eighteen. Well, if you want to follow the conspiracy side of things, that they already had it locked and loaded, knowing that this virus was gonna, yeah, be re- yep. released. Yeah, I mean, we've had you know, I'm not saying that I buy. We've had similar, you know, <laughs> I do, swine, avian flu, you know, all of these. Um, um, illnesses and, and vaccines were in, in the wing waiting for the, you know, a swine flu pandemic. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't have all of this lined up. Um, will you see this in, in the future? I, I, absolutely. I mean, the technology, all technology is going to evolve. I think we'll see a lot more lab grown meats. Um, I think we'll see a lot more, you know, the, the uh, <clears throat> veggie burgers are uh, of years past, right. Have morphed into something new. Um, and a muscle tissue can be grown in a Petri dish and served up as a steak. I don't think that people will object too much to this. Well, I mean, and what do y'all think about what was that, John? I said, give it 10 years and this will be normal to to have lab grown meat. It is muscle tissue. I mean, you can't argue that it's not, you know, it's not what they're selling now as, uh, you know, whatever they, the branding they're using for. The fake meats, um, where, where they're the turning impossible veg- burger. Yeah, the impossible, right? It's that's that's a vegetable vegetable product that they're turning into something approximating a meat. But if you right. actually take a muscle tissue and grow it in a petri dish, it is indeed <clears throat> a steak or what have you. So I think it'll easily go through regulation as being acceptable alternative to, you know, what we're using what what we're using today as meats, and I think it'll have enough social push behind it with all of the uh you know climate hysteria re- slash religion uh that this is better for everybody and it's the same thing you know you can't you can't distinguish it i thought um there's like this beyond meat impossible whatever crap like i thought they were having like a like tough time selling it and so or are they just like john are you saying that you know, this is going to happen. They're going to make it happen for lack of a better term. They're going to cram this stuff down our throats and like, just no, 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 yeah, but, but if you, if you look at the beyond meat, right. Um, yep. impossible burger, whatever, and you flip it over, it says all of these ingredients, right. And the argument is, is that this is not meat. This is something other. You can't make that argument. If you're growing muscle tissue in, in a Petri dish, it is sure. indeed going to be labeled beef right 
or something like yeah. that. It's going to say synthetic beef. But, but when, you, like, so, when we get into the science on like how they make it is using you know like cancer cells to help accelerate the growth of said muscle. Yeah, but that won't be on the labeling. And just no. like one generation, is, it's not even going to take a full generation. It'll go into the um, the kids' schools, right? Yes. It'll go to the hospitals. It'll go into the VA system, right? The Department of Defense, and it'll become like normal. And they'll be they'll, they'll eventually they'll say, well, your kids have been eating this for five or six years. Yeah, oh. they're still then, alive. And then and they're, and not gonna, they're not going to connect the and increase that, in allergies or any of that stuff. And then right. there's the whole economic pressure. They're on ADHD that, meds now, but that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there, there's the whole economic pressure that people will be under because you know as they continue to inflate the yeah, U.S. That's 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 going to be part they, of. It. They keep they keep these um, these products out of out of the, the the basket of goods, if you will, right? They keep meat out of the basket of goods, or it's a very small sliver. Uh, and so people's dollars will have to go further. And you're just going to see a, you know, a, a, a distinct price difference between what, what I'm selling technique. versus what is in the grocery store. It's going to be harder for me to compete. It's going to be easier for people to make that choice, particularly when they pick it up and it says, you know, ham. Well, even now, if you go to the grocery store and it says ham on it, that's all pressed meat. It's not really a piece of ham, right? It's, it's, a, it, it's all of the trimmings that with some gelatin that are smashed together and they sell it as lunch meat. But they call it ham. So it's not going to be much easier, uh, much more challenging for them to, to grow it in a test tube and call it ham. I'm telling you guys, it's hmm. here. It's going to be yeah. here, and there's nothing you well, can do about it. Well, that's, and, again, like that's why this year we made the decision. You yeah. Know, buy. You know, we have have a local friend that you know. I, my family won't eat a whole hog in a year, or a whole cow in a year, but a half, yeah. Yeah, so we yep. went in with someone locally to to buy a half of a hog and a half of a cow, knowing, like, we went down and, like, I put my eyes on the cow, yep. talked with the guy that's raising the cow, and we, we talked about some of this stuff. And he was like, no, nah, this is, we do this ethically, and, you know, I mean, sure, yeah, they're, they're going to get vaccines and all that stuff. I mean, they, they, I think they have to, to some degree, but. I don't vaccinate any of my animals. Really? Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I'm not saying that um, vaccines don't have a place. And there are some parts of the country that have um, viruses in the soil. Um, mm -hmm. So there's like black lake and cattle. And, and, and there are legitimate reasons to vaccinate. But I don't think uh, we, we just indiscriminately vaccinate uh, because that's what the universities and, yeah, sure. and all of the, um, you know, the industry tells people that you need to vaccinate. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to say that you don't need to vaccinate, but I haven't vaccinated in six years and I haven't had a problem. So, well, and that's, that, that's a good point though. I mean, cause again, like I, I know this guy, I've met this guy and I could say, Hey, look, I'll buy next year if you don't vaccinate. Yeah. Like I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you can't, you can't make that determination that, that, that demand at a, at a grocery store or any meat market. But if you find someone locally that, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not against uh, animal vaccines. I'm not against uh, human. But if know, it's vaccines. unnecessary, though, like why? Why yeah, do it? Yeah, why? And that's that's why I don't do it. So vaccines, um, you know, they have a shelf life and they have to be kept at the right temperature. And mm -hmm. so it's it's a it's challenging for small producers like myself to. Uh, it's just an additional cost, right? I mean, the vaccines right. come in like doses of like it's 150 or 300 doses in a bottle. 
I don't have that many cattle, right? And so, you know, I would use I would use like 10% of the bottle and then otherwise it would be thrown away. So sure. hmm. that's that's what I, you know, this was this was six, eight years ago. And I'm like, well, that's just not financially doesn't make sense. Let me just yep. roll the dice and see if this is even necessary. And so I did and I, did, I haven't had any problems. Maybe a better like, question, Jeremy, is to ask your uh, hog guy, hog. like, hey, why are you choosing to vaccinate? Just curious. And like, see yeah, how the conversation goes. Well, but like, like my chickens, I've never vaccinated my chickens. Yeah, I've never, I've never vaccinated them any of my goats. If, if you, now, if I, I've bought, lost a few, but. Yeah, the thing with chickens, though, you can't buy broiler chickens that aren't vaccinated. So I think by That's law, point. So they, they, they might those be, are, right. they're artificially inseminated, right? Because they have to be, they don't breed naturally. Um, and, and so they all come out of a few select hatcheries. And I think those hatcheries by law have to administer some mm. vaccine. Um, mm. Now, now I've, I've hatched. I did not know that. Half of my flock. Uh, are there corners cross or, or are you raising something else? No, no, these, these are uh, laying hens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Laying hens. Yeah. That, that's he said broiler specifically. Yeah, but Cornish Cross, you know, that you pretty much have right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. Now, now, I, now you might, I think they there's all. There's a get guy that I follow. There's a guy that I follow on uh, TikTok. What's his? I think it's Rebel Poultry, and he has. He's bred a breed of Cornish Cross that continue like they're not they're meat birds, but he's able to breed them so that they don't um they can continue to be bred over and over and generation after generation and so they're, they're not sterile anymore birds. yeah i mean there's a couple of uh you know freedom yeah. rangers and a couple of those uh breeds that uh are are close uh, i haven't tried them myself i know people who have tried them um i i know a guy down the road raises them uh you know commercially <laughs> doing something similar that i'm doing um i just I, I don't see the economics of it. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you get a lot less breast meat. My customers want breasts. That's my primary seller. Uh, you get a lot more thigh. It takes a lot longer uh, to, to, to reach market weight. So, sure. I mean, and I, I don't know if they're actually reproducible as well. Um, I haven't looked that deep into it. Hmm. Yeah. But from a, but yeah, from, there, a there options. from a homesteader's perspective, it might be something exactly. Worth looking at yeah yeah from from a homesteader's perspective it's it's yeah. can i can i continue this line and what i'll throw into there is combine the two you have your production you know i mean birds i i would intend to you know cattle hog chicken as well and you can have your you always have your private you know stuff that you use if you if you don't want you know the cornish cross if you don't particularly like that um, you can always have your separate flock that you can keep and maintain. So if anything ever happens, well, you have to be self-sufficient. You're cut off from the hatcheries. You can still have a steady supply of a quality meat bird instead of having to dip into your your egg layers. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever watched The Walking Dead, did you ever see that show? Yeah, I've seen like I've seen most of it. There was a there was a. Um... A spinoff series called Fear the Walking Dead. I think Fear the Walking yeah, Dead. Yep. And it was like how it all came about. Like it's, you know, whatever, sensationalized TV. But 
But there was this one episode, and they they raided this farm, and this guy had chickens, and the, the guys like, don't eat the birds, eat the eggs. Don't eat the birds, eat the eggs. And they came in, and they ate all the birds. It's like you've completely lost your. Who ate yep. the birds? Some kids, I don't know, whatever. But yeah. but, it, but my point is 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 like, you need to be able to re replenish. You know your stock if you're gonna if yeah. you're looking at it at, at looking at this from a a prepper's perspective, you need to be able to replenish. Well, you you wouldn't be raising broilers if if that was your objective, right? Um, right. They're too important. Unless, they're too unless you've got stuff. unless you've got a breed that that is. Don't, you know, you, I, a, I would I would go to turkeys. I would go to a heritage breed turkey that or or goose. Geese eat a lot of grass. Turkeys eat a lot of grass, and they forage for their own stuff really well. Um, okay. Where, whereas, whereas something like a broiler, even even the um, Freedom Rangers, uh, they're going to require too much grain input, and you're not going to yeah. have that available to you. Okay. So, so I've never I've never raised broilers, but like I know that uh, are y'all familiar with Justin Rhodes? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know he he's got the and this it's not his idea. I mean, but he's got the chicken tractor, and he like he puts he puts his Cornish cross, his his uh, what does he call them sea monsters. And there, he just he moves them, and it's the same thing with Joel Salatin. And, and yeah, that's what I did. What's this? What's the sea monsters? I haven't sea heard monsters. this. Cornish, Cornish cross. Cornish cross. They, he calls them they sea grow monsters. Out oh. and they just become beasts, and they look ugly. Oh yeah, I've, I've, their I've feathers grown them. can't keep up. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I, I, and I've yeah, almost grown them. I haven't. I haven't. Done, I don't have the space to grow them, but I've thought about it. I've come close, but but he feeds them primarily on grass hmm. and bugs. I, he, I he doubt. Moves, it. The chicken tractor, you know, every day, it's. I mean, I'm sure it's supplemented I got, by grain. I, I I would venture to say that eighty to ninety percent of their diet is grain. Hmm. For them to make weight is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, they just won't. Uh, they'll. I think they'll die if you don't give them enough grain. I mean, they, these these sure. birds are. That's what you grow, right? Cornish cross. Yeah, and I, yeah. I raise. Uh, um, I raise over 2000 a year. Um, so I have a little bit of experience. Um, bit. It, it, it's, it's like owning a Ferrari. <laughs> you, you have to give it the high octane fuel and the right air, fuel to air ratio, right? I mean, it's, it's precise. They are genetically selected, not modified, selected though, uh, to grow exceedingly fast. And if they're not fueled properly, they will die. Well, so what is so is it specifically the proteins, like the protein content in the grain? Is that what we're looking after? Uh, well, it's calories and protein, but yeah, I mean it's uh, twenty-one so, point, you know, <laughs> roughly twenty-one percent protein um, their entire life, right? For you know, which is only eight weeks. You can you can take them to you know we'll twelve say sixty days. They're, they're sixty to seventy-five days, right? Uh, yeah, oh, I, I do mind to fifty-two days. It all depends on how much daylight you have and mm-hmm. the temperature etc um but again they, they need the right growing environment to excel uh and if you keep them too long right it, the, the the farther you get out past eight weeks the higher your mortality rate is because mm-hmm. again you're, you're just rolling the dice right they're muscular that they get skeletal, too big they get too big their muscular uh, their skeletal structure has a hard time keeping up their cardiovascular stand up anymore a hard time keeping up mm-hmm. You know. It's it's crazy how they've produced such an incredibly fast-growing meat bird. 
Yeah. By just it's by not. just and if you want to just say it's selective breeding, I still think it's give it selective breeding or genetic whatever. It's still extremely impressive. It is. I mean, the muscle growth for the muscle growth to outpace their feather yeah. growth, sometimes their skin growth on top of that, their skeletal growth, it's crazy. Yeah, they're well, freaking nature. They don't yeah, they they don't have many feathers. They have a lot of feathers. Um again, it depends on how they're raised too, right? So mine move every day across the pasture. I, I move them sometimes twice a day. Uh and so they get more activity, right? And so yeah. they're actually using their their muscles and, and their skeletal structure gets strengthened as a result of having to move. Whereas if they're in a, uh, a confinement where the food is like right in front of them all of the time, yeah. and there's, there's a, a couple hundred thousand of them in, in a building. Yeah, that's that, kind of specifically what I was they, speaking they to. Can't, they can't really move, and so yeah. that, and they don't really need to move, and so they, they have a lot harder time there. Um, so I have two questions for you. Specifically, if you, were one, if you wanted to first year get into producing meat chickens, what would you say a good set number would be? If you say you could scramble up two dozen people to sell to, what would be a good number to start with? And two, Four dozen. what do you what do you sell per pound? And do you process them yourself? Yeah, Matt, do you want to go down this road or do you want to stay on top? Let's go. Keep going. No. I mean, it's the state yeah. of food. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about meat. Though. I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind. Um, I'll let it roll. So, so for, for homesteading? For, for homesteading purposes, you know, I would say, you know, let, let's let's just say you, you eat a chicken a week, right? That's 50 birds a year. Yeah. Right. And, and so it's reasonable to process 50 birds at one in one day. Right. So you okay. can put, you can pluck and, and, and uh, eviscerate and, and part out and package 50 birds with, you know, two people. And, and that's a um, it's a long day, right? Okay. Especially yeah. your first time. Uh, but I would argue it's no more work to raise 100 birds than it is to raise 50 birds, just like it's no okay. more work to raise 50 birds than it is to raise 25 birds. Well, so I have to so I have a let, let's say you eat a, a whole chicken every other week. You know, that would be 25 birds, but you might as well raise 50. And if you're going to raise 50, you might as well raise 100. Uh, I love that answer. <laughs> yeah, and and then you can and then you can sell Chicken math. You can sell the rest of them, right? You can sell the other fifty, and it'll pay for all of your cost to raise the uh, the fifty that you're putting in your freezer. Yeah. So on top of that, I already have a, a chicken tractor. I built. Um, I converted an old greenhouse, put it on skids, so I and I can pull it myself. Um, so is that it's I could fit about 248 birds in that given each one of them one and a half square foot per bird. Is that about, enough? Square about foot per 248. Bird? Is that yeah. enough square is or could you go less? Yeah, no, you can put less in there. Um, what is your optimal square footage per bird in a chicken tractor? Well, you know, look, you know, look, if, when you put them in there and they're only three weeks old, there's a lot of space for just a couple of chickens, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe in your case... Six weeks old. Yeah, but whenever they're, they're seven weeks old, that's why I move them twice a day when they get to be that old, right? Okay. And and, and again, it depends on how, how many square feet per bird, et cetera, and how much the birds are moving around. Um, uh, and so without looking at your design, you know, uh, is, is a, one, uh, a foot and a half adequate? Likely. Um, is it ideal? No. I, I would say two feet would probably be better. Okay. Uh, so that's and just pe people think about this for a second and they're like, 
you're only giving the bird two feet? Well, it's not really like that, right? The birds kind of clump together, quite honestly. Yeah. Right? Depends on how cold it is. So they actually, you know, they move around, uh, and it doesn't really seem like they're stuck in a two-foot box. It's, it's not uh, – the, the image of two square feet per bird uh, doesn't quite represent – I mean, and I'll if you look at their, their if you look at two square feet, two square feet is a decent size amount of space, and especially if you move it two or three times a day. So yeah, you if you want to keep it, your that's the key, footage. right? Is, is to move it so that they're not living in their own feces. Yeah, and, and, and that's because the, key. the whole point is to build that into regenerative agriculture to fertilize the pasture, keep the keep it going, you know, break parasite cycles. Um, yeah. So, so what you, is your... the, the other thing to consider is that there's typically a price point at 100 birds when you're buying them, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I, I, I say 100 birds is kind of an ideal batch size because you're getting a price break at 100, at 100 or 101. Yeah. Uh, usually there's a price break. So could you do 200 birds? Absolutely. Now you got to think about what are you gonna, how are you going to process those 200 birds? Are you going to do it yourself or are you going to have somebody else do it? Because I that's, a lot of, that's a lot of birds to butcher yeah you know and and you can only lean on your friends for so long yeah, you know, yeah. friends right Grant doesn't have friends so we don't have to worry about that <laughs> no, yeah. I, uh... and, and, and maybe these people have bought into the concept with you and they're going, you're going to take home half of the birds or whatever and and then it becomes you know easier to do but you got to think about the end state right and then yeah. and then how are you going to cool down and, and package and freeze all of those birds you know because so, now you have 200 times four pounds that's 800 pounds of meat that, that you got and you got to freeze it Okay, so what do you sell your meat per pound? I sell whole birds at seven dollars a pound. Okay, that seems to be on average what I've found. I've asked a couple of different people who do the similar thing. So, you would say you're comfortable with two two square foot per chicken? How many, uh, how yeah, many pounds I, I, are your birds? And, and I'm yeah, that's a good question too. So I I target a three and a half pound finished carcass. So if you're going to go bigger and like I, I was in Missouri and we went to a farmer's market and that guy, I asked him, I said, how big are your birds? And, and he said, you know, six pounds. And I'm like, wow, my customers don't want a six pound bird. He's no. like, really? But my, my customers want a six to eight pound bird. I'm like, holy cow, man. I bet, you know, but again, wow. it, it, it's all depends on what your market, market wants. I myself, you know, it's just me and my wife, a six pound bird is going to be, you know, two weeks worth of eating, really. Um, whereas sure. if you have a family of, you know, eight, yeah, you maybe you want a six pound bird. Sure. Yeah. So it's all situational dependent, right? But I, I would argue that it's still easier to cook two three pounders than it is to cook a six pounder. Speaking of situational dependent, the reason why it's I I allow this is this is on on topic. The reason why it's I allow these other like side questions or whatever, because like other people listening maybe have these same questions. Welcome, Scott. Hey, uh, how's it going? Good. Hey, Scott. So the reason time. I allow um, people to get up, we get off the rails, other people listening, watching, whatever, are going to have these questions. Like, like maybe they want to grow their own birds. Maybe they're already doing it and, you know, there's a couple of helpful tips in there and everything that you just said, or somebody's looking to buy and they like are, they're going to ask, start asking the right questions of their uh, farmer, rancher, whatever. Hey, are you doing X, Y, and Z? And so that's, I think that's important. We need to be asking more questions about where our food comes from. 
Well, and, and this has been super informative. I mean, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I have another question. So, most people who would listen to this can't maybe can't necessarily get into meat like full scale meat production with 100 to 200 birds. So, if you want to look at this from the egg production aspect, um, do you use something like Golden Comets? And then how do you how do you do your egg production? Um, I, I, I have a uh, you, you know, are you familiar with what a cotton wagon is? No. Well, maybe describe so, it. So basically, it's a it's a it's a wagon that they anyway, I, I have a trailer that's uh, got two axles and uh, it's got, you know, um, effectively chain link all around it. And like an 18 wheeler, uh, not that big. So, okay. so a cotton wagon is probably 20, 20 foot long. Uh, <laughs> I hear cotton it, wagon, man. I, I see it, like it doesn't matter what it is. With mesh. The, 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 key, the, key is, the key is to have a, a mesh bottom, something where the manure will fall through the yeah. floor. I know exactly otherwise, what you're talking about. Otherwise, you got to get in there and you got to shovel it out, right? Gross. And yeah. I, don't, I don't like to, to do that because that's a lot of noxious fumes and a lot of backbreaking work. Yeah, I know uh, exactly what you're talking about. So, so I would recommend something with an open bottom that's a mesh bottom, um, and and we uh, we move that around the pasture about every week, uh, and I have the laying boxes on the outside, so I don't have to climb into the thing, mm-hmm. and all of the food and water is outside of the tractor, uh, or egg mobile, uh-huh. um, so that the chickens are forced to come out. That's the key with free range hens, right? If you provide everything they need inside of there. They're never going to come out because they're a prey animal, right? And so mine have to exit that thing every day, and they have to forage for their own food. They have to go down to the creek to get their own water, uh, and then they'll uh, lay eggs uh, on the outside where the nest boxes are. You can see all of this on our social media, Amber, Amber Oaks Ranch on Instagram. I will, I will definitely go check that out. Um, how many egg layers do you run? Oh, I have roughly 300. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Wow. Do you do you cycle those just through every couple years? Um, so I have a horrible attrition rate um, with uh, hawks and, and yeah. whatnot. Uh, so no, I I do put like uh, I use a zip ties and I uh, each new batch I get I put it on their their, their ankle a different color. Um, I've got some four year old birds. Uh, they're still producing fairly well. You know, if you don't push your birds, how can you, you tell? Uh, because of the ankle bands that are on, but but I mean, like, do they lay that color egg? Like, I don't know no, how you would. Well, you would keep up the number of eggs you expect per number of chickens. Oh, right? oh, how do I know that they're still laying well? Uh, that, yeah. well that's interesting. so. Um, I, I started that group that are four years old. I started them in a different location, and I can't get them to relocate to my egg mobile. So they're mm. living in my barn, and I've got <laughs> okay. about I've got about twelve, eight, yeah, maybe ten birds that are living in my barn that are four years old. And so they lay in a separate place, but you're right. Otherwise I wouldn't know. Um, Sure. All right. I I struggle with that with mine. I mean, like I've got, I've got five or six that I've hatched. and I I don't know how many of, how many of the, uh, the, the the OG hens are are freeloading or laying eggs still, or or, I don't know. So I I have no idea who lays a blue egg in in my group. It's a problem. Uh, yeah, I, you know, would I should I manage that better? Perhaps. Um, but but at the end of the day, I feel like, from my works. perspective, I've got you know twelve, eleven hens. You know, and and if they're not laying, I'm giving them a good life. You know, like like they've they, they've laid for several years. 
and until they die, I mean, they can lay an egg once every week or whatever. I don't care. Just You're so nice about it. So, yeah, I don't know about once every week, but uh, maybe <laughs> every other day I'll, I'll tolerate. And so I'm still getting a fair number off of those. You know, in, in the in the factory world, uh, they keep the lights on all of the time, yeah. right? And, to, right? And they to they force the they, production. Yeah, they, they're, they're basically, you know, they're farming the eggs, and um, and so they will burn the chicken out. But you know, a chicken only has so x so number of eggs. eggs. Right. I don't know how many eggs they have. Um, and eventually they'll reach menopause and they'll stop. Um, but if you if you let nature progress, I think four years is is probably the point of uh, diminishing returns, actually, probably the point of diminishing returns is about three years, really. But yeah, I have some hanging on for four years. And that's where I'm at. I'm at three years. Yeah. So, so what I would just, ask to, just to interject there, uh, everybody. So, so let's let give Scott, let's give Scott a chance to, to speak. Um, so Scott with the, with the invite, uh, I, I know you missed like 80% of it or whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we can go over. We can go in. No, we can't. We we all have things to do. Uh, so when you when you got the invite, what 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 came to mind for you about state of food? Uh, well, you know, fall back on the usual stuff: um, uh, <laughs> plant gardens, have livestock, and grow trees. And then that's my solution. Just, to everything. Just, just just do it all yourself. Yeah, pretty much. And then trade. Yeah, with, so you know uh, where it came know, from. Well, you also need to create community right so i famously can't grow squash squash bugs just to send even though this year i started growing them i started uh looping them up over some cattle panels and so they're a little bit off the ground and then those ones are not getting attacked by squash bugs yeah but it's I, I did that the first couple of years i trellised them i, I just mm -hmm. basically trellised them on a stick didn't get squash bugs this year. I didn't trellis them. I got too busy with school. Five right. classes drains me. Every single plant I squash plant I have, squash bug. It's killed mm -hmm. every single squash I have. Our cucumbers are producing great. My loofahs are kicking ass, but all of my regular squash got completely eaten. Yeah, and then you know, make make community with folks and then trade, right? So I could trade my greens for squash or whatever else. And then another thing I tried this year was, and I talked about this on the podcast episode is I started planting more perennials like uh, walking onions and, and stuff like that and just packed annuals in between them. So I've got all these perennials I've got. Um, um, what's it called? Yeah. And, uh, and then I've got basically greens growing in between them. Now those are burned out, but it's not that bad. I don't, I overplant everything and then I and then the kale's being cover crop for something else. And, and as long as it doesn't get out of control, then uh, then I'm okay. Now squash gets out of control and then I had to cut it back a little bit. You brought up Scott. Yes. I'm sorry. And uh, no, what I was quick thing. One thing when it comes to perennials is you may not think about it, but in your yard, your landscape, your neighbor's landscape, that's one thing I plan to do is landscape people's houses for just looks for show canna lilies day lilies and our um pastas are all edible and you mm -hmm. can just stuff those in your landscape forget them and and then if you get something like coleus which is in the amaranth family those will reseed themselves and you can eat those too and they'll just never go away so it's something that you can add 
and it doesn't necessarily look like, oh, hey, that's a bunch of onions. That's, mm -hmm. you know, something more appeasing to have around your house to incorporate into yeah. your food store. Right. And I, I've really overplanted uh, thin leaf plantain this year. And so it's it's almost looking ornamental rather than um, the mm -hmm. regular wide leaf plantain. And then that's all edible. You can throw it in with a smoothie or something. That's cool. Yeah, Scott, you, you touched on something that I want to speak to the, the, the people in the audience who are like myself that just uh, the thought of even having like a few animals is just way too much right now. Um, is to just meet with other people and uh, and find your farmer. Like, I'm just about to take delivery on another cow uh, that I bought from a farmer about an hour from here. He holds mm -hmm. the meat for me in his freezer, and the price is a little bit more than store bought uh, meat, but um, it's there. You know, I know I'm going to get something good, and it's around the corner. And no matter what happens to the grid or whatever, I can probably get to his place and figure out something so yeah because you know i've been uh very disappointed lately with grass-fed meat at the store yeah so the quality is terrible mm. and you know i used to work for a, a meat company uh famous meat company that uh you don't you don't want to know where uh, mcdonald's hamburger come from basically oh boy there's a reason why when you go to the east coast florida steaks don't taste very good compared to kansas there's a those are all the guy dairy that, cows <laughs> well they, they said so the guy that uh scott you missed earlier on i was talking about that we had bought a um half a cow and so I went out and I met the guy that's raising our cow. I saw the cow and all that. And he was telling us stories of, you know, going to cattle auctions and, mm -hmm. and he saw, a, he saw a cow come through that had cancer spots on old dairy cow, cancer spots. He goes, yeah, that's McDonald's meat right there. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. So they, uh, especially out in California, the, the largest uh, McDonald's plant is in Fresno, California. And uh, they take all the old dairy cows that can't produce milk anymore. Some of them are like falling over. It's scandalous. And then they oh, like forklift wow. mm -hmm. them onto the line or something. But it's know. but it's real meat. Yeah. So one of the problems <laughs> I mean, it's right real now. Meat, but I'll, I'll yeah, take that cancer beef over. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess there's something to be said for that. Over the impossible burger. Over sure. the impossible. Lab grown. Or the yeah, lab grown crap. I mean, or, this or, type of cancer or, or that type of cancer. Either. <laughs> yeah one of the problems we're having right now is that um they change they smudge the rules so if you put a cow on grass for two weeks you could call it grass fed oh gosh <laughs> so Which, you know it's so, just like the, the i got some grass-fed beef the other day from like you know the health <laughs> food store and it was absolutely horrible so, so but gra i don't i don't like grass-fed beef because it's not, it's 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 lean. It's it just has a different texture and a flavor to it. I mean, I like grain-fed beef. Mm -hmm. It tastes better. No, it's fed grain taste finished. Better. I like it better. Uh, yeah, taste is but, subjective. So yeah, there, there's a lot. To it. There, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, a lot of variables. Uh, whereas, yeah, grain finishing, uh, you can get much more consistent product. All right, let's back up. Let's back up. They're 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 grass-fed and then they're grain finished. No, oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and, and that's you know you can take out the variability that way um so i i would uh i don't know do you eat venison or elk or any other wild game uh occasionally not much okay. but occasionally yeah so it's going to have a similar flavor profile right right yeah yeah, so yeah. it's not for everybody yeah the funny thing around here is all the venison is actually fattened up on uh on corn and soy I, I, they probably, we, they probably eat more GMO than we do. You know, for, for Father's Day we were at uh, Costco shopping and and I saw some beautiful looking ribeyes. I mean, these things were probably prime. They were labeled uh, choice, but I think they were prime. They were beautiful, and inch and a half thick. Looked great steaks. Brought them home because I was out. Brought them home, cooked them up, and I was totally disappointed. No flavor at all. So yeah, just uh, it was totally disappointing. I'd forgotten. You have how to bring a cow with you on your next vacation. I, I just forgot how bad meat was at the grocery store. It's no flavor whatsoever. Because yeah. that was the first yeah. time I probably eaten store bought beef for sure in about uh, I don't know what five years. Yeah, it was it was just horrendous. Yeah, hmm. and then we we were processing chickens, and you know the average chicken, even the golden comets, right? They're not Franken chickens like uh, like Cornish. So it's amazing how little breast they have. Hmm. It's just it's just remarkable. Speaking of the golden comets, for laying birds, do you would, would you ever plan to repurpose those hens when they get when they reach their laying limit? Do you plan to put them in your meat production and just kind of harvest them out, or who are you asking? Uh, you. I, I feed them to my dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. My dogs, uh, my, my dogs, any bird that um, gets injured or dies from whatever reason, like like I, I've been losing a couple to heat recently. Yeah. And, and so, Imagine, yeah, my, yeah. My, my, my dogs, uh, they eat very well. Do you just throw them the chicken or do you clean it and, and process it a little bit? I just throw them the chicken. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Yeah. I should try that. All right. Well, so uh, I was going to say, let, let, let's let's get uh, let's get this wrapped up. Jeremy, ask ask your question, and then uh, we'll have an after it wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a question. It was just you know I lost. Uh, I had a, a TikTok video that went viral a while back about a chicken that was sick and ended up dying. And Matt asked me what happened to it. I'm like, well, I didn't post this online <laughs> because like but because people lose their minds about yeah, yeah. You know, they're emotionally like, oh, invested. They they yeah. are like crush their you, whole, you, crush their you didn't you you didn't have a funeral for that chicken you didn't like bury it six <laughs> feet under like no I tossed it over the cliff and I the, the cliff and I fed the coyotes I mean like like circle of life <laughs> but it would probably it probably would have been better to feed my dog with it yeah I I also compost uh you know like I I've lost uh, a compost uh, me a, a you uh like unless a, a you're female black, black soldier fly. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll bury yeah, it in a compost pile. Yeah. Hmm. So what I actually did yeah. this past weekend with that is I had a rabbit die because it chewed its foot off, and so <laughs> well, thanks, the whole thing. So, so I I laid wow. it I laid it out next to the pan because I was gonna do something with it. I forgot to. It rained really bad. It got hot and humid. In a day, it was covered in maggots. The whole mm-hmm. thing was just white. I scooped it up. And I put it in the in the pen with all my my hatch birds that I hatched out this year. They demolished it. They ate it. So I'm like, that. I guess you could just feed the feed the chicken back to the chickens through bugs. They'll, maggots, man. They'll they'll. I mean, the the maggots will eat the 
the chicken and the maggots will drop and feed the birds. Yeah. So, so if, if you're if you're reselling your your meat, uh, there are restrictions against doing that. See, okay. But okay. otherwise, go for it. <laughs> well, I guess you could do it for like your home flock or your personal. Flock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Grant's <laughs> black labeled chicken meat. How, how, how do you have livestock guardian dogs, and how does feeding them chicken affect that? If you do. Yeah, so I've I've gone through several dogs, and um, the dogs I have now will not eat a live bird, and, and and if that bird is injured, like sometimes when you're you're moving your chicken tractors, you'll injure a bird, right? Yeah, I've um, ran over a couple. If, if when that if that bird is injured, I'll take it out of the coop and I'll set it there. The dogs will not eat it until it dies. Good, huh. very good. Wow. So you had, so Grant, how are you moving your IBC? castle chicken tractor everything you have no, no that doesn't jokes. that doesn't move that has become the the baby pig pen because i now have four babies because i didn't separate them so whoops everything you have is ibc totes it's amazing i, I only have 54 that i haven't cut and then 87 that i have cut yeah all right all right all right that sounds that sounds great uh <laughs> wrap it up this is gonna go on forever all right christopher plug your stuff Sir, securecoop.com. I am working on a coop door opener with phone notifications. And after that, we're going to try and expand out through the backyard, all sorts of sensors and and things like that. Get on the website. There is a uh, ebook, and you can get on the mailing list. And there is a coupon when you get on the mailing list, as well as a coupon below, Farm Hop Life Rocks. You can combine those together. And the mailing list will inform you when uh, the progress is right now. I'm in beta testing, so I'm still... Uh, working through the the bugs and making sure everything's uh, solid. I've uh, been working in the IT industry, and I, so I applied a lot of these um, principles down into the chicken coop level such that I can make a guarantee that if you ever lose your flock and I didn't warn you about some issue that, that came up and you lost your flock, I'll replace your entire flock, up to 20 birds. So, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. So not No, John. Sorry, John. Yeah. So if your door stinks, is that what you mean? Yeah, door stinks. Not stinks, sticks. Sticks. Like it sticks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It sticks, and if it doesn't tell you it's stuck, and a a fox get in gets in there, or a raccoon, then then I will replace your bird. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. We've had uh, we've had the raccoon war going on. I've killed seven raccoons in three weeks. So. What are you talking about? You still have goats? Yeah, I guess well, I, 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 I feel like you're going to run them over at some point. Busy no, with I really, I really too busy. got goats out for a couple weeks. Uh, too out busy with ago. IBC totes, a few goats. <laughs> Almost, soon <laughs> to be goats, no goats. A few goats and some baby pigs now. All right, plug your There's... stuff, Grant. Uh, TikTok, Homestead of Pain. I've been, oh, I have like on. a bunch of videos ready to post, I just haven't posted them. I'm not Jeremy. Oh, I'm full screen. Uh, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. I just hit 10,000 on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's nice. amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. That's very I mean, I, I still got a long way to go to catch up with TikTok, but yeah. Uh, homesteading, you, chickens. YouTube and TikTok followers are not the same. They're not. No. 245 on TikTok, 30,000 on Instagram, and 10,000 on YouTube. That, yeah. is, Chicken, that is Chickens gardening, good. homesteading, prepping, just whatever I feel like posting. So, yeah. <laughs> Next. Take me off full screen. There we go. Yep. Hey, John here with Ambrose 
Ranch, um, Amber Oaks Ranch on pretty much all of the social media except TikTok. Um, I just started uh, posting <laughs> you on YouTube. Join. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in uh, things we've been talking about, go check us out. And uh, there is some video up on YouTube with our chicken tractors and some other things. So, yep, follow along. Awesome. Thank you. And I, I got to scroll. That's not Here John. It's got to <laughs> I don't. I'm using my touchpad. Shut up. That's funny. You're in the hotel room, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Scott Miller at thriveinthefuture.com. Uh, check out the podcast. We have positive solutions to help you thrive. And uh, it's on your fave podcast app and also thriveinthefuture.com. Keep talking. I, I, I'm, I'm Until he can get switched stretched. over himself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can everybody see this? No. Garden's nope. not government. Wow. Oh, shoot. It's good. This. Uh, nope. Okay. Still can't see I it. I still don't see anything. I see it. You guys, are, you guys are lying. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is this is this is uh, one of the shirts. This is the shirt design. I'm at DeRosaFarmOutLife.com. We're traveling home to the family. I do this men's forum interviews, tours sometimes when I can. Uh, grow gardens, not government. And cool. love it. Grow yeah. governments, oh. not gardens. All right, get Shut out of here, Grant. Tommy. Grant, this one's for you then. Grow community, yeah. not communism. oh that was nice i like it and then last one and grow skills not servitude there you go cool the end uh next week i don't know what we're talking about we'll figure it out uh thanks guys for being here thanks for for the opportunity thanks thanks for everybody for listening we'll we'll figure out what we're talking about next week right now yes sir later take care ciao